Hello, Barry Beckard's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager of Cherry Beckert, and with me today is Javier Diaz, a manager in Cherry Beckert's government contract services group. Um, so, Javi, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's nice to talk to somebody when we're stuck at home during this pandemic. So, so true. So true. <laughs> um, so today I was thinking that we could talk about incurred cost emissions. You know, we're over halfway through May. Um, a lot of companies come right out of the wintertime into year-end close and then tax yep. season and a financial statement review and audit season. And then all of a sudden they realize that there's this deadline looming and they need to submit their annual incurred cost submission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, typically it's six months after the end of your fiscal year. And a lot of our clients and a lot of companies we work with are regular calendar year, year end. So it's all due at the end of June. Um, so, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, uh, a lot of people just are normally procrastinators. And a lot of people are realizing right now, oh man, this, I got to submit this incurred cost submission. Um, so, you know, to start us off, for companies that are um, maybe just got into government contracting, or uh, you know, aren't really sure if they are required to submit incurred cost submission, um, when is it required? So it's required when you have uh, the allowable cost and payment clause or the TNM payment clause in any of your cost type or TNM contracts. Um, if those are included in there, then you definitely have to. Uh, submit an incurred cost submission to your cognizant DCAA uh, office or your uh, DCMA uh, contracting officer. Okay, so if so, another question we always get, and a lot of companies use, they use the um, the the model that DCA puts out, the ICE model. Is, is that something that's required to be used, or can they create their own Excel model? So you can create your own Excel model. Uh, the ICE model isn't um, uh, something that's required. What is required is the type of information that is uh, uh, included in the ICE model. So uh, uh, the ICE model is pretty much to facilitate uh, uh, giving the information to the government. But as, if you could uh, use a different method or a different file or something that's custom to your company, um, but as long as it has all the information in there. Okay. So. Um, you know, you uh, help a lot of our clients put together incurred cost missions. You know, yep. um, back in your day working with the government, you used to audit incurred cost submissions. Um, what are typically the um, items that are required and what you should start with when you're putting together your incurred cost mission? So, I mean, the most important thing uh, are the trial balance, the final trial balance and your general ledger detail. Everything rotates around that. Um, so you're pretty much taking information from your books, or general ledger detail and trial balance to uh, uh, f- complete all of the schedules in the ICE model. Um, it's pretty much slicing and dicing the numbers and, and, and putting everything in its, into its correct bucket and pools and, and to be able to provide that information to the government. Okay. Um... Any other type of documents that are that are needed? Like I know when I've helped companies, I'm always asking for, you know, current list of your contracts. Um, yes. You know, final invoices for your flexibly priced TNM or cost plus contracts. 
Yes. There's a yes. pesky little schedule in the end or two pesky little schedules about subcontractor information, you know, needing addresses yes. and point of contacts. Um, yep. There's the 941s and some payroll information that you'll need for year end. Yep, because you would need to reconcile your total payroll to your total uh, labor distribution on Schedule L. Mm-hmm. So for your payroll stuff, you'll need your uh, year-end payroll summary reports, your W-2 summaries, your 941 tax returns, and, and you'd have to use all that information to be able to reconcile uh, back uh, your labor distribution back to your uh, general ledger, pretty much. Okay. Um, you'll also need your uh, a job in uh, uh, your job summary reports, which will break down the uh, uh, cost to each job by cost element. This will help you with your Schedule H when you're breaking everything down to direct cost and and your indirect allocations. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I know that you know the allowable pop cost and payment clause lists all those different. Um, schedules that you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. The ICE model has all these supplemental schedules and optional schedules too. Yes. What I feel like we get a lot of questions about: um, Are those required too? Are they, you know, quote unquote, optional? But they're really not optional. What are your thoughts on if, if companies should also prepare those schedules or not? So there's some that I think should be prepared and submitted with your ICE model. Um, an example is your executive compensation, but there's other ones that um, I would hold off on on submitting with your incurred cost submission, like your contract briefs and things of that nature. Um, what's going to happen is if you're selected to uh, uh, be audited in the future, um, you should provide those only if the auditor requests them. Um, and if you have them ready, things like contract briefs are good practice that you should be doing anyway. So you should have that information readily available to provide to an auditor upon their request. But uh, I would wait for them to request it before providing it. Okay. Now, one thing I would suggest to provide an incurred cost in every incurred cost mission would be that trial balance. Because yes. that's the first thing that the government's going to be looking at is, is your trial balance tied to, you know, schedules all your indirect schedules, B's and C's and E's, um, yep. and do those two tie uh, right off the bat. So I, yeah, I would recommend that. Um, and then exec comp, you kind of hit, I feel like when we're helping clients with audits, that's one of the first things that's always asked is, hey, where, can you give us your exec comp schedule? Yep, yep. Um, you know, so what do you see are some of the common pitfalls that contractors have when when putting together their incurred cost submission and then you know in submission um i think the biggest thing is not being prepared um everybody looks at the incurred cost submission like right now we have a month left before a month and a couple days before submission uh, or they're due right um if you're starting to prepare the information and and um slicing and dicing the information in a way where you can uh, include it into the incurred cost submission, then your your next month and and a couple of days are going to be rough for you with all nighters and stuff, just getting everything uh, ready. So the, the, the biggest thing I suggest is to prepare and have your information in a way where it's easily able to uh, be transferred or transposed into an incurred cost submission. 
at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, I think, so what about like companies, sometimes they, they're scrambling to put these in, this, all this information together and it's, you know, 90% there complete, 95% there complete. Maybe you can't reconcile a couple things. Should a company submit that if they're right at the deadline or should they probably wait a few days before and get that right before submitting? Definitely get it right before submitting. Um, if it's going to be anything more than a couple of days, I would call the uh, DCAA cognizant office or your contracting officer and uh, request an extension. Um, but it's better to submit something that's 100% correct than submit something that's that you know is wrong and you'd correct in, in the future. But uh, a DCAA auditor is going to have that information already and, th and that can be used uh, or held against you. You know, um, if they're comparing the uh, updated one to the one originally submitted, they could it could bring up a lot of questions as to why things didn't reconcile originally. And it, it might make the audit process a bigger headache for you than what it should be. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking of like that submission process and maybe that final check before you do submit some some easy things that you can miss that might, you know, be that might make your submission can be considered inadequate would be you know, um, you know just as simple as make sure you have anywhere that there's an adjustment that you have an explanatory note stating mm -hmm. what that adjustment's from um, yep yep you know uh, some simple reconciliations making sure the schedule e bases tied to schedule h yep. um, making sure that costs are allocated appropriately when you're tying out your pools to schedule h um, you know, one, I feel like we always see just, you know, kind of thinking out loud is the level of detail, the contracts on schedule H doesn't really, it doesn't match what's on schedule I. Correct. And, yep. Um, I mean, so, if, 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 uh, before you submit the uh, incurred cost submission, if you go to DCAA's website, they have, uh, 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 incurred cost submission adequacy checklist. Um, and it, that'll lay out some of the basic reconciliation, the, tabs that should reconcile between each other. So if you use that and go through it real quick before submitting to make sure everything reconciles between the tabs, that's at least a starting point for your check. Yeah, that's a good, very good suggestion. And, um, you know, yeah, that, that going through that is a great best practice, just to one kind of wrap your head around how this submission works together and to make sure that you have all the, the pieces that you need um, and it kind of helps you prepare for the audit, too, and how to explain it. Yep, definitely. So, well, um, you know, we're about up on, on time for today, and I know that you um, have other things to get to. So, Javi, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening in to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast. And please reach out if you have any questions. Thank you. Have a good one.